hope you do. Say amen. amen. All right. I want to talk to you about the title of our message this morning. For those of you who are taking notes, it's simply this. For this cause. For this cause. Our text will mainly be coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 18, so you can turn there. And we'll be looking at other scriptures as we go along. But our main text is, is the Gospel of John 18, and we're looking at, especially we'll be looking at verses 28 and, and going through, and then a few other things that I know that you'll be blessed by. But for this cause, why did Jesus come? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why did Jesus even come to the earth? Why was he even willing to go through the things that he went through? For this cause. We want to look at a few things that's going to show us this is why he came to the earth. And you know what? He had you in mind as well. Say, thank God for that. And so, not only that, but we're going to look at this morning, what is truth? According to the Bible, what is truth? Because there's so many people that are searching for truth and not knowing the truth. And we're going to see that there's a wonderful example that Pilate even had standing right before him to hear the truth. But the question is, did he respond correctly to the truth? And so we pick up in John right here where we're at and we'll read momentarily. But we're at the point, we're at the point in Jesus' ministry that he's come, he's grown up, he's ministering. This is right before he goes to the cross. And right before that, I mean, you remember he's in the garden and that he's praying. And when he's praying, the Bible says that he prayed as if it was great, what, drops of blood, just sweating as if it was great drops of blood. And then all of a sudden, here comes this army, these troops that was led, unfortunately, by Judas, brought right to the place where they were, and they were praying in the garden. And so they gathered around in the garden. And what I love about it, if you, if you begin to read and they ask them, you know, are you Jesus? Are you Jesus of Nazareth? And he said, I am he. And you know what the Bible says? Man, they fell down. They fell back. You know what? I would have got out of there. But they still asked him again the second time. And he says, I am he. And then there, he was arrested. He was arrested like a criminal. He was arrested as if he did something wrong and never did anything wrong. And then all of a sudden, all night, even until six in the morning, if you will, he's standing before his accusers. And they are just, just yelling at him and hitting him and, and beating him and trying to get him to, to say something that is totally not true. He knew who he was. And he knew why he came. And we're going to talk about the purpose of truth. Now, what I want you to do is let's look at verse 28. I want to begin focusing on this in verse 28. And it says this, reading from New King James. Are you there? Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to Praetorium. It was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled. But they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went on to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Listen to this language. Just this anger and this hate. Verse 31. Then Pilate said to them, you take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. 
that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. 33. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Listen to this conversation as it goes on. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate pondering, listening to Jesus as he spoke. Because we're going to see here that as he's before everyone on trial, if you will, that the Bible says that he didn't open up his mouth as if he was a lamb that, listen, that was led to the slaughter. But he has this conversation, a very interesting conversation with Pilate. Let's continue to read. And then he goes on here as, as Pilate and, and Jesus are speaking and then again, verse 37, and then we'll go to 38. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause, now that's where I want you to mark your Bible, or I want you to write down, for this cause, I was born. Jesus was born for this moment. He was born for this cause right here. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, notice, hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? This is a question, a common question today. That if you really get into a conversation with someone and you begin to talk to them about Jesus or you begin to talk to them about the Bible, they'll say, what is truth? What is truth? Everybody says this is truth and that is truth. Pilate says, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and notice what he said. I find no fault in him at all. And so to you, I say, what is truth? I wonder and when I'm reading this, and as, as I was studying this, I, I, I wonder what were the onlookers thinking. Imagine, put yourself in that setting right now. And I want you to see with me everything that's happening. And all the onlookers, they're seeing because Jesus is carried away as a common criminal. And he's standing, beginning to stand before all his accusers. What were they saying? I'm sure that some were very angry, yelling perhaps spitting on him and, and hitting him. There are some that were very sad because they couldn't understand what were they doing to my Christ, the master, my Lord? What were they doing? Why are they doing these things? This is so interesting and I think a very pivotal point for all of us to look at. They called them all kinds of names, a blasphemer. And they said, here's what we're going to do to Jesus of Nazareth. We're going to kill him. His own people. His own people. Isaiah 53, 1 through 8. 
Let's look at that together. I want you to see this and how important it is and that we get a hold of what's actually happening. Isaiah 53, as we've always said, the great redemption chapter. Well, I love it. Isaiah 53, I have the NIV, and I'm going to begin reading in verse, here with you in verse 1. Isaiah 53, verse 1. And this is what it says. Are you there? It says, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and was innocent, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely, say surely. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And notice it says, with his wounds, we are healed. Let's go on. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of this, of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. Watch this clip with me. A great example of what took place. Let's watch it together. Gnoscas. Quidvis. Tumultus ad murum. Caiaphas, profetanquendam. In custodiam datum esse fecit. Quem? Galileum quendam. Videtur fariseus, es eum odisse. Galileus? De quello quimini? Anarec bunadit laiblunum na. Besurin dimitras shalemot. U Yeshua, maragasha, dinzale. Antiesuanza. Amrindi ant malca. Ei malcotac. Min mandi malcinate. Anachli. Antabar nagarietia. Ameranas di antieliaho. Bramhua shamagia birhuvalach. Lamala temar di vra. Shillatak, it blalach na, ma elna amer, 
Think about all that Jesus did for us. The beatings, this was just part of what was to take place. I think about how his love is exemplified and that from the very beginning of time, the father's plan was to send his son, Jesus, to die for you, to die for me. And I will tell you as I sit and even watch this and read it, and I understand this to be truth, that, that when they spit on his face, it was as if they were spitting on my face. Because you see, I should have been the one standing there because of my sins. I should have been the one standing there getting beaten because of my sins. You should have been the one standing there because of the wrongs that we've done. And then here we have the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Who was totally and completely innocent. And I wonder today. What do we know about the truth? We say we know the truth. But do we live the truth? We've seen openly through scriptures what happened. And Pilate clearly asked Jesus this question. And that's simply this is, what is the truth? The truth is simply this. One of the truths is this, is that Jesus came to die on the cross for you and I. He gave his life so that we could live. I'm going to give you four areas that I want you to write down. Or I want you to listen very carefully to because the question is, why did Jesus come? Why did he come? Why did he come to be beaten as he was beaten? Why did he come to be lied upon as he was lied upon? What was the reason? What was the purpose of his coming? Let me give you the first one. Because we understand that Jesus was born for this moment. He was born for this purpose to take away the sins of the world. The first question arises in my mind is this. Whom did Jesus come to bear witness to? And here's your answer. We find it in John 3.16. Let's turn there. In John 3.16, it tells us to whom Jesus came to bear witness. In John 3.16, you know it, but I want you to see it. Because you see, it wasn't just for one person or one group. It wasn't just, just for, for 
this, this group that people can say, well, listen, look at us, and we're his people. We're the Jews, and he only came for us. That is not true because that is not what John 3.16 says. Read it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. This is truth. This is truth. But here's my second question for you. But then how does Jesus bear witness to this truth? Because you have to bear witness. How many have ever seen or been in a court of law where they have witnesses in the court of law that actually come and help to support your case, to help to come and to say, I was there. I know what happened. So there's witnesses to this truth that we're speaking about in John 3.16. And you know what he told people about himself? Do you know what he really said? And here's the truth. Are you ready for the truth? He said something like this. I am the light of the world. That's truth. He said, I am the bread of life. This is truth. He's speaking truth everywhere he went. He said, I am the door. In other words, he is the door, the doorway, the entrance to heaven. Truth. But he also said, I am the way the truth, and the life. That no one can come to the Father except by Jesus. That's truth. Say that's truth. Let's read together in John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 31. Because what we must understand, and the Scripture proves this out, that in order for truth or witness, the bearing of the truth, John 5, 31, and what it tells us here is that in the Jewish law and customs, for a thing to hold up in, in a trial that you have to be verified, it has to be verified by two or more witnesses. Say witnesses. John 5.31 says this. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. There is another who testifies in my favor. And I know that his testimony about me is valid. Do you see that? There must be someone to testify. Now, understand this. He bore witness because he himself, Jesus, is telling the truth. You know who also helped to bear witness? John the Baptist. Because John went about preaching everywhere he went. Telling them about the kingdom of God is at hand. But then he also said, there's one that's going to be coming that's mightier than I. That I am not even worthy to unlace or even tie up his shoes. I'm not worthy. Another witness. Imagine being in the court of law. And then another one comes up. Oh, this one is the father. And the father says, this is my son. And he witnesses because he said that he is my son and everything that he did, he did it because I showed him. I shared with him what to do. What a wonderful testimony. And that's what I love about God. And then, if nothing else, we can look at his works. Look at what he did. He even said in this movie, when we were watching this clip, you know, if you're judging me, judge me by what I did. Right. Healing the sick. Opening up the blind eyes, those with deaf ears, so that they could see. Witnesses, say witnesses. witnesses. 
What about now? Come on, let's think about this. What about now? What about right now between you and I? How does this truth, how does this bear witness with us? Does it bear witness with you? Think about it. We're not talking about just coming to church and leaving and coming to church and leaving. I'm talking about a truth that we should be able to bear witness on the inside of us. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. Now we're going to 1 John. We're in the Gospel of John. Now we're going to go and look further back, 1 John, and we're going to look at a chapter, which is chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. How does Jesus bear witness to the truth to the world today? Because that's what we're facing today. How do you tell people? How do you tell those you work with? How do you tell even family members? How do you tell others about this truth that is before us today? I'm glad you asked. In 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 7. If you're there, say praise the Lord. The NIV says this, For there are three that testify, the Spirit the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. Verse 9, we accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about, notice, his son. Verse 10, anyone, say anyone, that's you and I. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony of God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Here's the third point I want to give you. What truth did Jesus bear to witness to? What truth was it? Jesus bore witness to himself. But also turn with me to Matthew. The gospel according to Matthew, chapter 14, verse 33. The truth is that you and I are ambassadors for Christ. We are representing the kingdom of God. But I want you to see here as we take a moment and look at Matthew 14:33, and speaking of Jesus and the disciples, and it shares something that's so significant here, and I want you to catch a hold of this truth. Because it says this. Let me read in verse 29. He said, "Come," he said, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus, verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You, oh, of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat and the wind died down, notice this, then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. What are we saying today? What are you saying today? Do you see him as the son of God? The truth of the matter is that everywhere you go, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and as your Lord, you are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. And we should open up our mouths and we should testify and let everyone know about his goodness, about his marvelous grace and his marvelous mercy that he has bestowed upon mankind. 
You and I are ambassadors. But not only that, man. But there's other things that are so significant that I want to share with you. And listen to this. I believe that God has prepared for us experiences and places for us to go in deeper depths with him that we've never, ever gone before. And that we've been holding back. It's almost as if we've been resisting to open up our hearts completely to him and throw it all in as if, you know, I'm, I'm, all, all, I'm throwing it all in. I have nothing else. I'm not holding out. I'm giving you 100%, God, of all of me. Because in order to go deeper with God, in order to go higher with him, we have to sell out. We must give him everything. It's not about, well, I'm going to be a Christian today and, and I don't feel like it tomorrow. Are you with me? Yeah. It's all about understanding what we've seen here. It was a great depiction of what took place, but I will tell you it was even worse than that. Because the Bible says that, that he was beaten even beyond recognition. You couldn't even recognize him. So the question is, how deep will you go? How far will you go? And how willing are you to say, Lord, I give you my whole heart. I give you my entire life. Because for what purpose? Why did he come? What was the, the whole reason for Jesus to come and, and to give his life so freely? The cause for this cause. And I will tell you that for this cause, he had you and I in mind. Let's go on. Number four. My last point. So people will say then, well, pastor, what does it really matter to me? What, what's the difference? If I, if, I mean, I understand everything that you're saying, but what difference does it really make to me? You see, because you have to understand this, that Jesus said that there are those, listen, who what? Who recognize his truth because they hear his voice and they hear his voice. They recognize his truth. And if you don't know the voice or cannot recognize the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't understand what he says is worth and the Bible says, listen, then you don't know the truth because you don't know his voice. Because his voice and his truth coincide. They come together. And so you see while we strive and, and are looking for so many other things in life to fulfill us, he is the only one. Jesus is the only one that can truly fulfill all of our needs regardless of, I mean, when all the dust settles, come on, I'm telling you, when everything, actually you look around and say, what has happened? When everything is set aside, no matter what you do, we continue to try to look for, for pleasure in this and pleasure in that. We try to find happiness in this and happiness in that. But he is the only one that can find Listen, and bring to us true, listen, this true love and peace in our hearts. Amen. He's the only one. Hallelujah. And I can tell you right now, you know what happens? Because for order for us to go deeper with God, you know what? In order for us to go deeper with God, our flesh has to get out of the way. Are you listening to me? And our flesh doesn't like it. I know my flesh doesn't like it. Now, maybe you can say, well, my flesh likes it. My flesh doesn't like it. My flesh doesn't like it when someone tells me I'm wrong. Come on, my flesh doesn't like it when someone tells me, hey, you know what? You're in sin. My flesh doesn't like it. I don't like it. I'm just, you know, listen. So the question is, we have to ask ourselves, what am I willing to do to change? What am I willing to do to measure up to God's word then? Because I can continue to go down this path. I can continue to go in this direction. But what am I willing to do to change my life? I may know the truth. 
But if I don't walk in that truth, it's not helping me. Say the truth. Jesus enters into your life. He enters into our lives to show us the way, to show us the truth. And this morning, we have to ask ourselves, just like Pilate, think about this. Pilate was face-to-face with Jesus, asking him a question. What is truth? But do you know he walked away and not accepting that truth? And there are many today that can be coming, I mean, face-to-face, confronting Jesus. In the scriptures, people who are testifying, people who are sharing and witnessing the gospel, and yet still walk away from the truth. What is it going to take for humanity? What is it going to take for believers to say, I want Jesus and I want more of what he has for us. I'm willing to sell out and set aside everything that gets in my way. Today, right now, is a a place where I want you to think about, where are you with Christ? Where am I with God? What's going on in my life? Am I living for God or am I just doing my own thing? Am I just coming to church just to be coming to church? Or do I really have a vibrant living relationship with God? This is what it's all about. Right now, today, to be sold out. I mean, think about this. Are we willing to actually to come to God and say, God, I, I want to be broken before you. I want to be broken, and that simply means, Lord, I don't want anything that's in me that's hindering me from receiving everything that you have for me. I want to be broken. I mean, how many times, how much time do we actually spend on our knees in prayer and we're seeking the face of God? I want to be broken. That's what it comes down to. Because when you, listen, when you and I, Stand before the Lord. No one else is going to be there but you and I. That face-to-face encounter. Remember this. Pilate had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. He walked away. You and I will have a face-to-face encounter with the Lord, our Father. See, because understand, there may be a grandstand. There may be people looking in, but it's just you and God. And what happens is simply this, is that he's going to talk to you and you're going to talk to him. And as believers, understand that the moment you said yes to Jesus and you're living your life before him, I understand this, and you're doing everything you're supposed to do, living for God, then fine, you're standing before him. But yet still the works that we've done here on the earth will still be tried and looked at. But what about those who do not know God? Your friends, your family members that don't know Jesus, what are they going to say? Oh, there, there is a judgment for them. And unfortunately, it's called the great white throne judgment. And I say to you this morning, in closing, if you really love your family members, if you really love your friends, you don't want them to stand before that great white throne judgment. Because they're going to be judged for their sins. And just because it seems like, hey, I'm a a believer. I've got it made. I'm already in. What about everyone else? Will you bow your heads? Will you close your eyes? 
And I want you to just begin to meditate and think about for this cause. Why did Jesus come? It's for this cause. What is your testimony today? What is it like? When others see you, do they see Christ? When they see me, do they see Christ? Father God, help us. That we would surrender all to you. That we would give our entire life to you. That we'll hold nothing back. Regardless of how short or how long that we walk with you. That we would examine our hearts today, this morning. And that we would give you 100% of our lives. We need you. And we're calling upon you this morning. It is for this cause that Jesus came into the world, not to condemn the world, but that through him that they might be saved. He came to save you. He came to rescue you. He came to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and to make you whole again. With every head bowed.